Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode. That is, ask me anything. I love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. This question comes from Carlos in Los Angeles. He says, we have a single investor who capitalizes most of our deals. He's recently been very focused on investment multiples in our investments and not as much on cash on cash returns, IRR, and so on. He comes from the private equity world. We have recently tried to highlight our overall returns once you factor in tax benefits from depreciation. Since we're all in different tax brackets, this is a little tricky to do, in my opinion. Is this something you try to quantify for your investors? I've included an excerpt from our investment memo highlighting the tax-adjusted cash yield and IRR. We worked with our CPA to quantify this. This is a deal that our investor is not too excited about. We're using 1031 exchange funds and are trading for a lower-risk property. Well, Carlos, this is a great question. As a general rule, we don't stray into the realm of offering tax advice for the simple reason that everyone's personal tax circumstances are different. I'll give you a simple example. Imagine for a moment that an investor is using funds from their retirement account. Any income received within the retirement account would be tax-sheltered. In that scenario, any tax benefit that would accrue to an investor from depreciation would be zero since they're already in a zero-tax situation for that specific investment. On the flip side of the argument, we do point investors to educational material that could help them in the arena of making a decision how best to structure their investment. They might decide on the basis of that to use cash funds instead of retirement funds for that specific investment in order to take advantage of the depreciation. Investment multiples are a very simple way of evaluating the quality of an investment, but of course they neglect time. And if a project is delayed, it has the effect of lowering the annualized rate of return. At the end of the day, you're not going to dictate which metrics your investors pay the most attention to. Of greater importance to the most sophisticated investors that I speak with is the return of capital rather than just the return on investment. This involves a deeper assessment of risk. And I have to agree with your investor that the returns being offered on the proposed project are rather thin. Thin deals, by their very nature, represent higher risk. It often takes only a small change in circumstance for a thin deal to go sideways. If you have two things go wrong, well, now you're underwater. I like the inherent safety of high profit margin deals. And high margin deals provide ample financial cushion for problems to occur. Problems do naturally occur in the real world. Risk assessment is extremely difficult to objectively quantify. After years of stable market conditions, you might put a buffer for increased lumber costs. You might argue that a 20 or 30% increase in lumber costs is conservative and a 3 to 5% increase in the overall cost of construction would be reasonable. No rational risk manager would have predicted a 300% increase in the price of lumber, but yet here we are. No rational risk manager would have predicted a global pandemic, and here we are. And if your project had not pre-purchased and warehoused the materials, or if you didn't have the financial cushion to withstand a material price increase, your project would be in trouble. So we don't give tax-adjusted advice to our investors, and we also don't invest in thin deals. You mentioned the investment is a 1031 capital gains tax-sheltered exchange. Tax-sheltered investments exist in many different forms, and whether you're talking about the 1031 or an opportunity zone investment, these investments offer better results than another equivalent investment, all other things being equal. But I often find that opportunity zone investments being pitched by promoters, quite frankly, are otherwise marginal investments. 
It's the tax benefit that's making an otherwise mediocre investment appear attractive. When you do the math on the benefit of the tax-sheltered investment over a 10-year period, you'll find that the difference in IRR between a tax-sheltered investment and one that is not tax-sheltered is only a few percentage points in IRR. The impact of the tax-sheltering creates the illusion of a better investment that's not necessarily real. I personally would rather find another vanilla investment that offers a stronger IRR without relying on the tax structure to make it viable. We take the attitude that an investment should stand on its own. If the tax structure offers an even better return, well, that's icing on the cake. I find that most investors I speak with prefer to separate the tax consequence from the investment decision. Even for a single investor, their tax circumstance can change from one year to the next. What might be advantageous one year might be of marginal value the next. And of course, there's no right or wrong answer to your question. I'm merely offering our perspective. I want to thank you, Carlos, for a great question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.